0: for the best Ravens coverage. It's time for News from the Nest with Vinny and Haney,
3: sponsored by Window Nation. Winter is here. With Window Nation replacing those old windows is easier and more affordable than you think. Call 866-90 Nation or visit windownation.com.
0: 1057 the fan. That's up in the air. You know, we don't have uh, we don't have uh... A lot of guys under contract right now. We've got Justice. Just love the way Justice played. He was incredible all year. Took another step. I think he's a great player. Uh, then after that, we just got to see I mean, We'd love to get Gus back. You know, JK's floating around out
2: there. Just guys who've been with us. Uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. John Harbaugh talking about running back. Now, they're not working out today in Indianapolis at the Combine. It's a D-lineman, D linebacker sort of thing. But running back is an area of need for the Ravens. And as we've talked about, Vinny, Many, many times, the top two running backs for the Ravens in 2023, especially after J.K. Dobbins went down in the first game, who was the second-round pick, yeah. were Keaton Mitchell, Gus Edwards. Justice contributed to the cause, but the main ball carriers were both undrafted free agents. So we've talked many times about how running backs have been devalued in this day and age of football. Picking one in the first round is rare, even though it happened twice last year with Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs with Atlanta and Detroit. But Ravens haven't gone running
3: back in the first round since, what, Jamal Lewis, maybe? Yeah. Going back to 2000? Sounds like, just from reading, Bob, is there's not a running back worthy right. of a first-round pick. That's the problem. I think what the Ravens are going to do is sign the free agent and then – in your i think they have a couple sevenths and because if you want to go get cuz i was saying go get a couple undrafted free agents but once you sign one then the other guy's going to say screw it i ain't coming too so take one in the 7th round and then get another undrafted free agent since they've had success there but they they definitely need they need bodies they need they need in camp they probably need at least 8 you know, and they got two. They're going to need to bring in at least six bodies.
2: Ravens have the one first rounder, 30th. Uh, they have a second rounder, 62. 93rd pick overall, which is round three. Then fourth round, a fifth, and then sevenths. One yeah. from the Jets.
3: Which is an early seventh. They have an early seventh and a late seventh. Right.
2: Pick 225, and then their yeah. pick 247.
3: Yeah. So, you know, when, the only thing is... When you're a good football team, I mean, how many seventh rounders are going to make your team? Not, not many. I mean, well, Gino Stone did, he did, but he didn't. You know, I took him early, roundabout way. Yeah, he came back,
2: <laughs> yeah. to the team.
3: Hey, Bob, can I go back and talk about the defense for yeah, a second? Here's here's what concerns me about the defense, Bob, and you know what concerns me for Zach Orr. All right, we're pumping up away. All right, but we're losing Vanoy and Clowney. And then, okay, so you're going to play o and such-and-such and such to start. Drop-off. All right? Simp, Queen, gone. Simpson, in. Drop-off. Geno Stone, out. Your primary backup. And played. he's played more games than Williams in the last two years. Drop-off. Corners. Stevens is good. Otherwise, Humphrey's getting worse. Drop-off. I mean, for Zach Orr. He doesn't have the same talent that they had last year. That's that's what I'm looking at is talent-wise, defensively, right now on paper, they're not as good.
2: And, all right, say in hypotheticals, they caught lightning in a bottle with Clowney and Van Noy at the pass rush. Defensive backfield. I mean, you expect to bring in like a nickel corner or a backup safety that's going to have anywhere near Veteran guy, yeah. the productivity those two dudes did. I mean, do you make a run at Xavier and Howard, for instance, who seems to be in the decline at this stage of his career, approaching ten years in the league? Front of the show, by the
3: way. Yeah, I, I, I think Bob they're gonna they're gonna draft a corner first or second round. Wouldn't you agree with that?
2: Oh, Mel's got him going corner first round.
3: Yeah, and I, I do, I, I think they will too. But. You know, I, I think what's proven out for the Ravens is when they've gone corner, fifth, sixth, seventh round, has not worked. Bus, injures, you know, they sent, what was it, the, the Ohio State kid, Wade or whatever? Sean Wade, yeah. Yeah, they sent him to New England. Before, they sent him right away to he, New England. He didn't make it out of training camp. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think what I'm trying to say is they're going to have to get their corners early in the draft or free agency because later in the draft they don't. I think later in the draft they'll go running back. They may go if the receivers are that deep, receivers late, and old uh, and an old lineman probably late too.
2: And to your point, why they're in somewhat of a quandary at cornerback now, Tavon Young just got hurt because he was a ball player.
3: He got paid too, right? He got the highest he he became the highest paid nickelback in the league.
2: Just could not stay on the field. I don't even know if he's in the league right now.
3: No. Well that's 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 the problem with like the Pepe Williamses and the Tavons and
2: the Armor Davises.
3: no what, what I'm saying about those oh, guys okay. is is they're smaller guys, but they're real physical dudes and then you know in college and when they come to the NFL they still want to play the same way but they get hurt because their body can't handle it.
2: And Pepe Williams, Demarion Williams, out of Houston, fourth-round pick, wasn't his injury status kind of vague? Did we really even know what was wrong with him? No. For the longest period of time?
3: See, and the thing with Pepe was he played safety, too, at Houston. And he would come up and rock dudes. Sure. And, you know, you go rock Henry or whatever, I mean, you're going to take more punishment and he hadn't been able to hold up. And that's the thing. And, you know, you take a flyer on Armour Davis because he's got talent in the fifth round. A guy who's been hurt all the time. And you're just hoping that he's going to he's gonna get healthy. But you know what? I mean, Bob, hurt guys stay hurt. And it was a gamble. And it's not going to work out.
2: Yeah. And it's unfortunate because you go into this offseason, now into the offseason, uncertain at that spot because you can't count on either one of these no. guys. And to your point about Marlon Humphrey, talking about a player, whether we like to face it or... I mean, he's still what, 27 years old, no. but he seems like a player that his best days are behind him. Hope I'm wrong. No. And I'm sure he would tell me to my face I'm wrong, but you never know.
3: Played 10 games. Playing 10 games out of 19. You know, and if they had, had to play in a Super Bowl, he wasn't going to be able to play. He's the guy that's getting hurt a lot more, too. He just seems like a guy – if you say, how old's Marlon Humphrey? I don't know. What is he, like 30, 31? No, he's 27. Really? You know, I mean, that's kind of how I – mean, that would be my instinct about Humphrey. Norm, what do you think about the secondary?
4: It's thin, but just like pass rush, it's every year we're talking about this. I mean, no? I, I think we had a texter the other day that said this when it comes to the draft in the first round. Okay, maybe they trade out of the first round, but just sitting there at the pick they have, they have so many needs you really can't go wrong. I mean, if they take a, a corner, all right, great. They take a, a pass rusher, fantastic. An O lineman, a tackle, even and, better. I mean And and that's why because of that norm, unless there's a guy that they love, love, love there,
3: they trade back. You know, because there's so many needs that they have that you go back and get another pick because what's Eric always say, you know, if you have eight picks or nine picks. It's better than having three because your chances of hitting are much better.
2: Uh, Humphrey, by the way, turns 28 in July. Yeah. So yeah, he is still very much 27 years old. It's video. And Haney one Oh five seven, the fan news from the nest here on this total request Thursday, but getting back to running back, we've talked about it. There are plenty out there who are uh, you know, of high repute proven track records of success. Going to be more cost effective, we believe, than some other positions. But if you're the Ravens, would you be maybe more inclined to convince Gus Edwards to come back? As we've said, Dobbins doesn't appear. I mean, John Harbaugh said he's out there floating around. The, the direct quote We'd love to have Gus back. Dobbins is still floating around. You know what I mean? It seemed like pretty obvious what they'd prefer. Maybe convince Gus to come back and maybe hit a home run later on in the draft. Or find a you know again a Gus or a Keaton Mitchell type undrafted. I, a lot of hoping.
3: Yeah, I, I mean Bob, how much confidence do you have that Gus Bus is going to be able to get 14 touchdowns again, mostly red zone touchdowns, and that he's going to be better a year from now because he's he's dropping off and, and
2: full yard per carry. Yeah, basically. I, that I,
3: I I I just think that you know as a If he's your second or third guy or he's your, you know, okay. But I still need, I need number one. I need a number one. They don't have that. Justice Hill's a three. Gus is at best a two. And Dobbins, that's, I don't know what I'm getting.
2: And at this stage, you can't keep relying on Lamar Jackson to be your leading.
3: No, because his, his rushing is going to decline as he gets older. And as he, you know, you saw, he wants, he wants to throw the ball
2: video at Haiti, 105.7. The fan will come back, count some money, buy or sell. Also talking about the sports subjects of the day, which are plentiful. Brian Wacker covers the Ravens for the Baltimore Sun. Give you the Orioles at Pirates lineups ahead of their matchup. Coming up at 105 today in Sarasota, Ryan Mountcastle got scratched. Why? Trying to figure out that scenario here. NFL lunch at 1. Mike Harmon. Fox Sports Radio, his Northwestern Wildcats beat the Terps last night. Wasn't a thing of beauty, but it's a win, and that's all that matters.
0: Are you buying? Great cash, Norman. Or are you selling?
2: I'm not going to buy into that crap. 80 80.
3: 1057,
2: The Fan. 1057, The Fan. Here on this Total Request Thursday, pick the songs, we'll play them. Send your request, plaza, for text line at 410 583 1057. Get your votes in for Featured Artist Friday. We'll let you know what's happening there in about an hour and a half or so. Right now, Let's count some cash of our own, shall we? Five or so. All
3: right, the Dow's down 70 40. S&P's up six. Uh, the Nasdaq's up 55. It's over 16,000. Um, it, now it's up 58. Uh, DraftKings up 62 cents, 42.96. Under Armour's down three cents to 8.58.
4: Fire is sponsored by the Farmer's Dog. Start things in the NFL, where new Raiders GM Tom Telesco is fielding questions this week about Devontae Adams. Uh, pretty short and adamant with his answer, saying, quote, he's a Raider uh, when asked if he could potentially be traded. It's a rocky tenure for the veteran wide receiver since he joined Vegas, lost the quarterback that attracted him there in the first place, and then it's been nothing but losing his entire time there. Uh, Still a top 10 receiver in the league, if you ask most people. Hard to imagine he wants to put up with it much longer, but what about from the Raiders' perspective? By yourself, Vinny, it would be foolish for Vegas to not entertain a trade for Adams. Um, Foolish? Um,
3: I'm going to sell that. The reason I would say no is because they want to get a young quarterback. And you need some weapons for the young quarterback. Antonio Pierce, he told his GM, he said, listen, this is your time now. I'm on vacation for like the next six six weeks.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so he said, go get me a quarterback.
4: Go over to the NBA where we're entering the final stretch of the regular season. Standings interesting to monitor here, especially out west, where the Timberwolves and the Thunder are leading the pack as those new up-and-coming teams Meanwhile, some of the old guard, you know, you look at the Warriors, they're trying to fight for positioning. Uh, Star players, more veteran star players on their teams, you know, they're on the outside looking in or fighting for positioning as well. I mean, look at Sacramento last year, kind of a similar situation as the Timberwolves or the Thunder. Great regular season came out of nowhere, only to be cut down early in the playoffs. Bob Byers sell this year's playoffs are setting up to have multiple upsets. Uh,
2: I'm going to sell it right now because I don't know how much is going to be left in the tank for the Lakers. I mean, it's LeBron going to do what he did last night against the Clippers where he outscored them by himself in the fourth quarter over the grind of an N- NBA playoff schedule. which lasts, what, two months? Starts in April, ends June. I'll see it. I don't see that. Golden State, I think they're in the decline. Now, could have. Dallas or Sacramento maybe pull a stunner, sure. But
4: multiple upsets, Nolan, to answer your question. I'm selling that. Back in the NFL here, things got pretty ugly between the Broncos and Russell Wilson last year, leading to him being benched at the end of the season. Everyone assumed at the time that he would be good as gone once the offseason rolled around. That decision still looming for Denver. But if you ask Russell Wilson, he says he wants to stay, finish what he started there in Denver. Uh, because of the contract that he carries, both a trade or just flat-out cutting him would be a huge financial burden for the Broncos. Buy or sell Vinny. Wilson ends up starting for them again next year.
3: Oh, sell. He's gone. They're getting rid of him. They just got to wait. They're just both trying to be nice and do the right things con- contractually. But he's he's due, what, $37 million? And then he's always oh, guaranteed. I think 37 this year, so he is he's a going to be a June one cut.
2: Yeah, I saw one of the prediction sort of things on the interweb. He'll be the Vikings quarterback next year, Russell Wilson, and then Cousins will be in Atlanta. How about if Cousins went to Pittsburgh, Bob?
3: That would make the division really interesting.
2: Or Justin Fields, that
4: too. Quite frankly, would scare me personally more than Kirk Cousins. More quarterback stuff here. Tua Tungavailoa faced a lot of criticism and questions entering last year. Was he really the guy to lead Miami? Well, put up some video game-like numbers in the regular season and stayed healthy through the entire process, about as much as you could have hoped to see from him. So as he prepares to play on the fifth-year option in 2024, the question is when and will he and the team agree on a long-term extension? Buy or sell, Bob. The Dolphins will have no hang-ups, making Tua the highest-paid quarterback in the league. Uh, I'll buy that. I was literally just reading
2: it during the last break that they're uh, trying to get this done as quickly as possible. He'll be the next guy, till the next guy, till the next guy, till the next guy. So, yeah. I mean, they have a quarterback. Now, has he proven he can win the big game? He did stay healthy, to your point, Nolan. For the yep. most part this year, he had some injuries. That I mean, Waddle was banged up for a lot of the season. They had lost a ton a couple of times, but yeah, why not? Let's do it. Come on, pay Tua.
4: Give him his money. Stop money hate. And lastly, here we'll uh, <laughs> circle things back with the Jets, huh? where oh. Zach Wilson has been given permission mm. to seek a trade himself. Him and his agent. Things fizzled out. No surprise there with New York, even though he did end up playing last year with Rogers hurt. Hard to imagine that he'll draw much interest, even with his status as a former number two overall pick. Likely looking for a backup job elsewhere to extend his career. But what compensation should New York expect to get? Buy or sell, Vinny Wilson will wind up back with the Jets. No trade offers.
3: Well, if that's the case, they'll they'll cut him. Um. It, when the owner comes out and says says what he says, we need a new backup quarterback, yeah, he's gone. He's out of New York. If they get anything, Norm would be a seventh-round pick. And, or it would be a pick for the next year, And if, if he makes the team kind of thing.
2: Yeah, Woody Johnson, great name, <laughs> right. said that um, our court backup quarterback situation was terrible. By the way, how about Raheem Morris saying, if we had better quarterback play, I wouldn't even be here right now. <laughs> Hello, Desmond Ritter waving at you. Arthur Smith, now the OC with the Steelers. When we come back, talk some Ravens. Brian Wacker from the Baltimore Sun out in Indy as the Combine has been going on all week, but like really doing stuff today with the players, with the running and the jumping and the kicking and all the good stuff going on there. Talk some Orioles around 1245. Give their lineup as they take on the Pirates today. And a foul lunch coming up at 1 o'clock. And then Mike Harmon, Fox Sports Radio. Talk all things sports with him because he smarter than you, and me, and everybody else we know.
3: Your exclusive home for all
2: Baltimore sports. 1057 The Fan. 1057 The Fan here on this Total Request Thursday. Pick a song, we'll play it. A little Who before you get your votes in. Featured on this Friday, that reveal coming up in about an hour and 15 minutes or so. Bob Haney, V. Nolan McGraw, and NFL Combine Happening as we speak, here to talk about that from a Ravens perspective, because he covers the Ravens for the Baltimore Sun. He's on the WGK Law. Guest hotline. Let's welcome back to the show, Brian Wacker. Brian, good afternoon. What's up? Good afternoon from Indy. All right. Now we were talking earlier, Brian, about Adape a o a Penn State guy, mm. you know, struggled in 2023, 13 sacks for his career. Yada, 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 which is somehow making a comeback for whatever reason. But staying with Penn State, how about a former Maryland Terrapin, Chop Robinson, met with the media yesterday, said all the right things, grew up a Ravens fan, wants to sack Lamar, et cetera, et cetera, projected by some possibly to be a first-round pick. Chop Robinson would fit into Baltimore in what capacity,
1: assuming the Ravens would go that route. Well, he certainly fits in, you know, physically, if you look at the attributes, he brings sort of that long, angular guy off the edge. And, um, you know, the production, uh, I I think there's maybe some questions about the production in his career at Penn State. But certainly from a physical standpoint and some of the tools he presents, and, you know, we haven't seen him quite work out yet here at the Combine. Uh, I believe he'll be working out later today but, uh, you know, just from a physical makeup standpoint, and, you know, the Ravens do value pass rushers, and of course you know, there's some uncertainty about uh, David Jabo and his health coming off you know, another injury. Certainly we saw Adafi Owe flash at times, you know, this past season, so uh, they like their pass rushers, but they've got a lot of, a lot of needs. Um, talked about that earlier this week with John Harbaugh and Eric DeCosta. you know, there's There's a lot of needs on this team. Pretty much every position but tight end, there's question marks.
2: Now, we heard John Harbaugh say when he met with you guys and ladies out there earlier this week that offensive line, as he started to uh, elaborate, was probably their number one issue at this point in time. Zeitler's probably gone. Simpson's a free agent. Who knows what's up at tackle? We know Linderbaum's here to stay. But if you're rating them or, or just putting in an order the list of priorities for the Ravens trying to get back to the playoffs and improve, is offensive line number one for you, Brian Wacker?
1: Absolutely. I mean, this team, you look at the way they're built with Lamar at quarterback, of course, the running game and the history there. Uh, And really, you can look around the league. I mean, you look at Kansas City and San Francisco, there's been some continuity and uh, some really high level talent in those two offensive lines. And we see what that's borne out over the past few years, right? Kansas City winning two straight Super Bowls, San Francisco winning uh, three straight NFC championship games. So, uh you know, to me, that's that's uh, where the building blocks and the foundation start, and there's a lot of question marks there. Um, even John Harbaugh, by his own admission, saying that earlier this week. Of course, you mentioned the two guard positions, both free agents there. There's age, injury, and salary cap questions and situations with Ronnie Stanley and Morgan Moses to tackle. They've got some options in-house, but there's not a ton of depth there. Of course, you do have guys like... Patrick McCarry and so forth that stepped in, uh, Daniel Falele stepped in, you know, are those guys, uh, everyday starters? I don't know. You know, so they probably need, uh, it seems to fill some spots there along the line, particularly in tackle when you look at the age and injury issues that Stanley and Moses have dealt with.
3: Now, Brian, are you guys allowed to watch the workouts this afternoon?
1: We are. Yeah. So three o'clock today will be the first time on the field, Um, inside Lucas Oil Stadium. So that'll be fun to see that. And, of course, uh, offensive linemen won't work out until Sunday. So quite a ways to go there for those guys, for the big guys in the trenches. But uh, we'll start, I believe, with defensive linemen and defensive backs this afternoon.
3: Now, Brian, you know what? We were talking about – well, when Eric was talking to you guys, it threw me for a little loop. You know, when he was talking about Oway and he said he's going to be one of our primary rushers – you know, because they value pressures and stuff. He only had fifteen pressures, and the thing when you look at Oway, because Bob looked him all up. We talked about it earlier in the show. He's gone from twenty-seven to sixteen to fifteen pressures. You know, whereas Matabike had thirty-three. You know, so yeah. that that is to me a major concern if Oway is going to be the guy.
1: Well, and these are valid points uh, you, you bring up because um, you know I think at times. We saw away produce well uh, in that respect this season, but there was certainly inconsistency there. Uh, as you mentioned, just with those numbers alone, you know I have to think that the Ravens will do what they often do, and that's probably add a veteran uh, presence on the edge. Whether that means bringing back David Clowney or Kyle Van Noy, uh, I can't imagine they would bring both of them back. But you know, perhaps uh, maybe one of them would be available, and maybe there's another option there. Certainly, I think you can look at the draft as another place they might turn in terms of uh, looking for that next pass rusher maybe uh, in that late first round. You know, they don't pick till 30th, so uh, perhaps there's a a guy like the kid uh, Robinson out of Missouri has been mentioned as one possibility. Of course, that John Robinson you touched on earlier. And so um, I think certainly that's another area, offensive line and and pass rush, uh, along with cornerback, I think that they'll look at in these first few rounds.
3: Brian, can you see them? Because, you know, knowing how Eric likes to work, they're sitting there at 30, and they have so many needs that they'll back up to early second round? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there is, you know, this is this is not a top-heavy draft class. I think the value in the draft class is uh, from everything you, you hear talking to, draft analysts from NFL Network and ESPN and so forth and, and folks in the college ranks is that this is a class where the value is really in those middle rounds, and that's everything from offensive line. We've heard uh, you know, that talked about ad and about it being a deep offensive line class. Um, running back is another area, uh, of course, the Ravens are going to have questions with, with only Keaton Mitchell and Justice Hill uh, on the roster, effectively, and, of course, Mitchell coming off that ACL. So, you know, running back to position they could also look towards Uh, in those middle rounds. And to your point, I mean, very easily could see them uh, if the guy they don't necessarily, um, you know, target is available at that number 30 spot, do they slide back, pick up an extra pick somewhere in those middle rounds and, and kind of stockpile some guys? Because, you know, as we know, there's more than 20 free agents on this team. There's some salary cap issues, even with the cap going up this year by about $30 million. So, Um, You know, the Ravens have a lot of needs right now, and they're they're going to have to fill those, um, you know, a good bit of those through the draft, and certainly some of that through free agency.
3: I mean, right now, Brian, when you look at the Ravens on paper, I mean, the two pass rushers are gone, so they're weaker there. Mm. Queens out, Simpsons in, weaker there. Stones out, weaker there. Corners, they're weaker there. So, I mean, Zach Orr and the new defensive staff, they have a lot of work to do. (laughs)
1: <laughs> they do, and and look, we we talked about this the other day in a roundtable that we did for the Baltimore Sun, where, um, you know, what what is your projection for this uh, this coming season? You know, the way too early sort of projection, uh, looking at the schedule. Of course, it hasn't come out fully, but we do know who they will play and what home and road games they will have. And you know, I, I look at that, uh, look at the schedule. You know, trips to places like Kansas City and uh, Dallas and Houston. Um, and I look at this roster, at least as all those uh, holes that need to be filled and and all those areas you mentioned, Um, and and this is an uphill climb to get back to where they were this past year in the AFC Championship. So, look, a lot can happen certainly between now and September, and I think it's going to need to happen. Uh, A lot of things are going to need to happen for them to have a chance to get back to an AFC Championship game next season.
3: Hey, Brian, did you guys get a chance to either get Harbs or Eric or anybody like on the side where you got a chance, where they've done in the past?
1: We did not, unfortunately. They, um, you know, uh, they chose to just keep it to the podium. Uh, I think they've got a lot of work on their hands. Of course, there was the reports of the Zay Flowers situation, uh, which uh, had come up as well the past couple of weeks. Uh, Certainly, there's a lot of work for them to do, as you mentioned, in terms of, looking at these prospects, figuring out their needs, uh, all the free agency stuff, which will kick off in earnest really in about a week uh, or so. So, uh, you know, they are going to have a very busy, very, very busy next few weeks here between free agency, the scouting combine, the draft, uh, their own guys in-house, and so forth. So uh, it was a tight window this year, but uh, they've got some work to do.
3: Brian, what buzz – you know, I'm sure you've talked to the writers from the other teams in the division. Any buzz coming from them, like who who they think the Steelers are going after at quarterback or anything else with any of those other teams?
1: Yeah, I think at this point it's, it's just a lot of conjecture and a lot of, um, you know, we're still a long ways out from this. But to your point, I mean, you look at those other teams um, – And really, you can look at this past season as an example. You know, none of those teams are going anywhere. You figure Cincinnati's going to be better, obviously, Joe Burrow being back. Uh, The Steelers, if they can find their guy, quarterback, uh, you know, and, of course, Mike Tomlin always finds a way, particularly with the Ravens, to give them a headache. Uh, And then, of course, the Cleveland Browns, uh, you know, were right there as well, and and they're not going away. So, to me, this is, again, a really strong division, and that just makes things that much more difficult for a Ravens team that has more questions and more holes right now, really than any other roster in the division.
2: Brian Wacker covers the Ravens for the Baltimore Sun. He's in Indy with the NFL combine real quick. We referenced the, uh, this coaching changes. Is it a good or bad thing that it seemed as though Eric and John Harbaugh were talking more about the guys that left than the guys that got
1: brought in? Yeah, I think there's question marks there fairly. Look at uh, Zach Orr could turn out to be a terrific defensive coordinator. And, and uh, I think he's a sharp guy and, you know, certainly a vocal guy, an aggressive guy, a smart guy, very detailed oriented nose defense, um, nose ball as is John likes to say, uh, you know, but there's when you have that much turnover in your coaching staff, along with all the turnover around the roster, you know, I think it's, that brings up a lot of question marks. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. It seems the coaching staff is mostly filled out this year it might be a little smaller than in years past, but, uh, John is excited about the guys he's, that he's brought in. And, uh, you know, of course, we'll have to just see how that plays out.
2: Brian Wacker, Baltimore side, Enjoy Indianapolis, Brian. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, as always. I'm Brian Wacker, Baltimore Sun. It's video in Haiti, 105.7 The Fan. will come back, reset for you. NFL lunch coming up, top of the hour. Give you the Orioles lineup against Pittsburgh. 105, first pitch. Mike Harmon, Fox Sports Radio. He'll gloat, Northwestern grad. They win in College Park last night. Terps are reeling. That's an understatement. And also talk about the other sports news of this Thursday.
3: Vinny and Haney, two opposites attracted by a paycheck. 105.7 The Fan.
2: Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Total request Thursday. Pick a song, we'll play it. Ten-one song request, Plaza for text sign. Another hour to go. Get your votes in for featured artists Friday. Orioles lineup today. Taking on the Pittsburgh Pirates 105 first pitch. Jackson Holiday leading off at second base. Adley Rutschman's behind the plate. Heston Kersad's in right field. James McCann's uh, DH cleaning up. Kobe Mayo's at third. Kyle Stowers. Stowers with power. Ray in Baltimore. He's in left field. Georgie Mateos at shortstop. Tyler Nevins at first base. The original lineup had Mountcastle batting third at first, but he got scratched earlier this morning. Why? Still waiting to find out. The reason for that one. Ryan McKenna in center field. Corbin Burns is on the hill for the Orioles, making his second start in Florida. Keegan Aiken, Danny Coulomb, Craig Kimbrell, Tucker Davidson, CNL Perez, Jacob Webb will also throw a baseball in anger. Enrique Bradfield is going to be one of the minor leaguers helping out today in Sarasota against the Pirates. Paul Skeens is on the uh, mound for Pittsburgh, so it's the last two. Number one overall draft. And Henry Davis, by the way, is also in Pittsburgh. He was the number one pick back in 2021. Adley Rutschman was number one in 19. So we got four former number one overall picks getting it on down there. A little spring training baseball for you. Davis, by the way, batting fifth behind the plate for the Pirates. And we talked earlier with uh, Matt Wyrick, uh, O'Neill Cruz got that ugly ankle injury last year for Pittsburgh. He's back. He's leading off at shortstop so it's an interesting pittsburgh team nick gonzalez was a first round pick himself number seven overall he's at second base so a lot of talent young talent on both sides today now let's bring nolan in because we really haven't had a chance to talk to him so nolan first of all hello how we doing hello horshack style hello <laughs> how are you <laughs> How you doing? So what's going on, man? What do you think about all this Ravens Orioles stuff? I'm I'm still uh, I'm Googleizing and refreshing to the point where I'm getting blisters on my fingers. Find out where Mountie is today. Why the scratch
4: mystery? A caper? Yes. Who knows? We're flummoxed here. I think on, the, on the uh, do we assume the worst? Do we go full no, panic? No, or? Maybe you know, stomach virus hangnail. Yeah. No. Who knows? Look, if he was uh, in the lineup earlier today, I, I can't imagine it was anything uh, super serious that's ailing him. Maybe they made a mistake. We said, oh, we wanted to get another guy a look, accidentally put him in there. Oh, that know, could knows? be it. Sure. I could see that. A mistake. Oh,
2: I meant <laughs> <Right>. Yeah,
3: <laughs> Those names. I don't see that one, Norm.
2: Hello. All possibilities How on the table. How are ya? But we had Ray calling. Ray from Baltimore, one of our loyal listeners, who I owe a gallon of Jack Daniels to. From last year. He said 98 wins. Here's what Pagoda says, and they're usually wrong, especially when it comes to Baltimore over the years. They have 86. New York, 94. Toronto, 88. Tampa, 87. Orioles, 86. Last year, they had the Orioles win in 74, and oops, Samsonite, they missed. But let's go back in history. 2012, they had the Orioles win in 72. Pagoda's a bunch of nerd stats, and the Pagoda stands for like Whatever, and I'm not looking it up, but I know Bill Pagoda, who it's basically named after, was a utility infielder back in the 80s and 90s. 2012, Nolan, 72 wins. You know how many games the Orioles won? Over 90, right? 93. 2013, 74 wins. They won 85. 2014, 78 wins. They won 96. 2015, yeah, they were close here. 79, Orioles won 81. And I think they had to win a bunch of games down the stretch to even get that 81. And then 2016, up until last year, their their final playoff season, 75, they won 89.
4: Well, it seems like so they're Pecota's always going to... whiffed
2: on them many times
4: before. Well,
3: it's a good sign because they've screwed them up most of the times. Right. Well, they... Yeah,
2: I, I don't know what their, their analytic based formula is, but come on, man. Or are
4: they lowballing everyone? I mean, what are the Dodgers? I don't Hot, know if you have it on hand, but uh, 170. And they only <laughs> play 162 right. games. But it seems like the analytics they always come in under. The more the one that's more interesting to me is the betting lines. Because they're you know, the books want to make money, so they got to set something close to where they actually think it's gonna land. And the Orioles and the betting lines is actually respectable they're like top five one of the top five favorites to win the world series this year so we'll let it all
2: play out 105 first pitch we'll get into all of the fun stuff with the orioles and pirates at nfl lunch coming up next but since we couldn't get to it last hour fun out Quick
3: draws, funhouse. The, 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 draw draw. the rudeness, tuness, text reader. Who's oh, the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake.
0: I like that quick draw.
3: One oh five seven, <laughs> the fan.
4: First one here says, why do you insist on dissecting the exact words that any of these guys, let alone Eric DaCosta, are saying? They lie all the time. Oh There's nothing to take away from the o primary pass rush comment.
3: They lie all the time. Uh, well, he's got to talk well about the players that are under contract. I mean, what good does it do you to rip your players? None. Zero. Liars
4: lie. Numbers don't lie. Right. They can be deceiving, however. Uh, another one here, Texter says, I remember a lot of instances where the Ravens try to strike gold with a guy who had an injury history. Uh, Sergio Kendall comes to mind. I hope they save those lottery tickets or home run swings for the seventh round. Just target healthy guys fifth round and earlier.
3: I would uh, tend to agree with that. You know, just, just take guys that, on your medical board, they usually go one to five. Don't take any, like, three minuses or fours or fives. You know, take guys, you know, that haven't had many an injury history. Let's
4: just say that. Well, case in point, last year, Voorhees, seventh-round pick, injury on combine, yeah. his workout. So And he was a serial killer, too, if There's, I'm not Right. Talented. Yeah. Uh, Steven <laughs> Reisterstown. Jabo was
3: second-rounder, injury. Yeah. But uh, I didn't have a problem with that one.
4: Let's see, Steve here says, uh, is there some reason that Maryland Willard saw fit to not have any capable three-point shooters coming into the season? Uh, Portal additions, uh, it drives me crazy. A team will come play Maryland. They have plenty of shooters who are seemingly lights out from beyond the arc. Meanwhile, Maryland... Nobody. Yeah. Noah bachelor. when they flipped him from Memphis, he
2: was supposed to be a guy that could provide some firepower. Jamie Kaiser was supposed to be able to shoot. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Is it just didn't work out. And it makes you wish that Don Kerry was still around because he was kind of their three-pointer, and that was a dude that was all or nothing in 2023. Did he miscalculate? Well, duh. It's easy to second-guess now. The results speak for themselves. Two for 22? That's almost something you... Even if you tried to go for two for 22, you couldn't do it. You to bank one in from I,
3: the top of the key. Walt was talking on the radio about how uh-huh. he said, I've never seen trainers shoot three-pointers so well before a game, the Northwestern trainers. He said they never missed. Hmm. Uh,
4: one last one here on the Terps uh-huh. says, uh, Matty Treori, why can't he see the court? Uh, actually showed some potential a few games ago. Willard barely uses his bench as it is. Uh, This guy isn't being blocked. Get him on the floor.
2: Well, let's put it. First of all, he's not Joe Smith. But he did play well in that Ohio State game a couple weeks back. Then he got hurt. Got rolled up on. Remember, hurt his knee. And then kind of hasn't really gotten back into the rotation. Transfer from uh, New Mexico State. I mean, uh, we're really. And this was with all due respect, Ricky Bobby style to Matty Triori. We really going there? Again. Hakeem Hart's all of a sudden, Albert King,
4: compared to what they had last year. I think he's people averaging are, six uh, points a game at Villanova. People are just a little frustrated. We've seen what the starting right. five can do. How about we see what some of the guys we, we haven't seen
2: yet? Well, why not? Maybe that's what the NIT will bring to the equation. It's Vinny and one hundred 105.7 The Fan NFL Lunch. Coming up next, give you that Orioles score as it happens. And then Mike Harmon, his Northwestern Wildcats won last night in Maryland. They're going to the big dance. He must be very happy about that. Minus two of their best players, too.